0: Welcome to the Membership Guys podcast. Kick-ass advice and tips for membership site owners.
1: Hey there, thanks for checking out this episode of the Membership Guys podcast. I'm Mike Morrison, your host for the show, and this is the podcast in which we discuss all things membership website related. So today's show, we've got something very special lined up for you. So if you've been a long-time subscriber or a long-time listener, then you may be getting a little bit sick of the sound of hearing my voice week in, week out. Now I know that we give you some awesome tips and we give you massive amounts of insight and advice into the world of membership sites. But let's face it, listening to me non-stop can get a little bit annoying. So we're going to give you a break from that and today we've got a very special guest interview with Natalie Lucia. Natalie Lucia is a digital strategist who not only has a massive amount of experience with online marketing, email list building and creating courses and membership sites, but she's also the founder, with her husband, of a suite of software that is designed at helping you to market and grow your business online, in particularly a membership software by the name of Access Ally. So I talked to Natalie, we talked all things online training, we talked about how she made the transition from being a developer and a programmer, through to being a consultant, through to being a software magnate in the world of membership sites. And Along the way Natalie has given us some tips, some insight from her experiences and some advice from strategies that have worked well for her. And her clients, as well as a little bit of information about what she brings to the table in terms of membership software. So hopefully you'll enjoy this interview. Hopefully you get a lot of great stuff out of it. And we're going to jump right now into my talk with Natalie Lucier. Alright guys, so I'm here with Natalie Lucier. And uh, Natalie has very kindly agreed to give some of her time to talk about her wide array of experience with digital training, membership platforms, and everything in between. So Natalie, thanks so much for joining us here on the Membership Guys podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm excited. <laughs> it's one of well, my so favorite na- topics. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what's great is when we start looking at who we'd like to have on the show, we kind of came up with three categories. We want to speak to membership site owners and people who have their own digital training products. We want to speak to uh, membership software and platform developers. And we want to speak to people with expertise in related areas to marketing, growing, launching membership sites. So you're a bit of a triple threat (laughs) for us. So this is fantastic because you've got all of that going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of it kind of came out of each other's, you know, like, you know, we developed the software because we wanted something that we could use that did the things we were looking for, for our membership site and trainings. Um, and a lot of the marketing that we do kind of informs what we end up teaching. <laughs> so it definitely all kind of feeds it all slots <laughs> in,
1: all slots in nicely. Right. So for anybody who hasn't come across you before uh, or anyone just new to the world of digital training or online marketing, Tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself and what led to what it is you're doing now in the membership space.
0: Yeah. So I have had a love of technology for a very long time. I started making websites when I was just 12 years old. I love that, by the way. That is fantastic. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. I like to say, you know, there's just not much to do in the countryside in Canada where I was growing up. So I (laughs) had to, you know, get creative. And um, so, yeah, I started off really early with websites and then I ended up doing a degree in software engineering. And when I graduated, I realized that I didn't really want to go in the corporate world doing software So I turned down this job offer that I had to go work on wall street and everybody thought I was crazy. (laughs) My parents too. They were like, um, you just spent five years and lots of money on your degree. Um, so I, and I decided, you know, I, I kind of wanted to start a business and I always kind of had that in the back of my mind that I wanted to start a business. And I knew that I could do that online just because I had been, you know, dabbling in blogging a little bit and I can build so many websites. And I was like, I'm sure I can figure something out. So the very first business I started was actually kind of my training business, which was all about healthy eating and raw foods. And I learned and I kind of cut my teeth on how to do online marketing through that business. Okay. And, and then that kind of led into people asking me, you know, who designed your website? How are you building your list? How are you doing all these different things? And for a while, I actually resisted you know, doing any of the other stuff. And I had kind of thrown out the baby with the bathwater when it came to software and technology. I was like, no, I'm done. I want to do what I'm passionate about, which is, you know, getting people healthy. Um, But I realized that a lot of the people I wanted to help, they could use more money to buy more organic food and get healthier. (laughs) So I was like, well, maybe in a roundabout way, I could help people Still get healthier and have a better lifestyle, but using my skill set, which was definitely more on the tech and marketing side. So that kind of led into what we have today, which is Natalie Lucie Media, um, where I do more training about kind of the tech stuff and the marketing stuff. Um, and then out of that, that kind of grew very quickly as soon as I kind of put up my shingle there. And um, we realized, I, I basically realized like I would have to teach people how to code to do a lot of the things that I was doing. Yeah. So I realized, well, my husband is an amazing developer. My business is doing really well. We don't really need his income. So he could quit his job and join my company, which is what he did. And we can develop software together. So it kind of did like a full you know, 360. We kind of came back to software, but in a completely yeah. different way. And so now we have a bunch of different WordPress plugins and things that, so that in a way, my people don't have to learn everything I've learned to do what I've done.
1: That's just an awesome story. That is full-on vertical integration. (laughs) Yeah, we help you to build the systems and the platforms that help you to make the money to come back and spend on, presumably not on the healthy, uh, healthy eating products. Now you're into software development. Are you still kind of doing that side of things or...?
0: Um, yeah. So that website is still up, uh, but we don't sell any products anymore. It's just an information website. And I just kind of kept it up for kind of posterity, if you will. <laughs> yeah.
1: And it's great that circling back around to, to software development, uh, you know, I had a similar thing when I moved into doing various different things in that you kind of don't want to get stuck with the, the thing that you're essentially abandoning to go off and do your, your passion project. And in doing so, you, you, like you said, throwing the baby out with the bathwater in terms of skill set that other people can benefit from.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, what we end up, realizing is that we don't really like the context of what we're doing um, but we're really good at what we're doing right yeah. so a lot of times it comes so naturally to you you could do it all day it's really easy and you know that that's your your talent and your skill and you should be using it but sometimes it's just the environment that you're in or you know that the kind of goal that you're working towards in that context is just not exciting for you <laughs> so yeah. when you switch yeah. that out then everything changes and that's really what i found you know working on wall street there was just not a whole lot of Love, or, you know, there, there's not a lot of humanness in that element. Yeah. Whereas online, I've been able to connect with our actual customers and really see the results that we're creating for them. So to me, that's very, very motivating.
1: Sure. And there's a massive difference as well between utilizing your skill set, knowledge, expertise in the way you want to in order to help other people versus doing it in the way a, a boss or a job description or even a, a client sort of prescribes you to doing.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely something to that, too. And, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the Colby system, but there's basically this test that you can do where you can find out how you strive when you're working. And um, different people have different you know, kind of ways of doing things. And I'm a quick start, which means that if I have an idea, I want to run with it very quickly. And if I have a boss (laughs) and if they're saying that, oh no, we're working on this right now, but I have this great idea, it would just drive me crazy. So (laughs) I think it's important to understand yourself for those things too.
1: Definitely. So when you started going down the path of, using the skills that you already had to help out people with online marketing, with web development, at what point did it kind of transition from being a case of, well, here's a a need that I should meet to actually, this is something I love doing.
0: I think originally I, I just kind of opened the door and I was like, okay, let's just see what happens. And. There was definitely a lot of resistance, especially when I was doing more of the website building type work, um, because I had done website design in high school, I designed our high school's website and it just wasn't the most fun experience to be working for my school. And there was a lot of weird politics and stuff. Um, but I found that these clients were very different to work with. And I had just learned so much more about, you know, project management and timelines and, you know, all kinds of things that helped make these projects way more fun. Um, so there was definitely that internal resistance, but once I got going, once I got into the work, I really loved it. Um, and I think what also happened is kind of seeing and actually talking to the people and seeing the results of like the work we were doing together that made the biggest difference for me. So the, the resistance was really all in my head, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but once I started actually doing the work, it was like, oh yeah, this makes total sense.
1: Yeah. So when you actually started moving toward digital training, how did that happen where it became more about teaching other people to go out there and do this for themselves versus taking them on as clients and doing it for them? Did that transition come just, was it an overnight or was it a, a slow movement towards that?
0: Yeah, there was a couple of things that happened to to kind of push me in that direction. So one is I was still doing web design, but then people were starting to come to me asking for consulting. So they didn't actually want me to implement anything, but they wanted to have my feedback, my ideas and my strategies and kind of give my take on their launches and their products and the things that they were working on. So that was kind of my first hint that you know, I could teach something or, you know, be valuable without moving a pixel or coding something.
1: (laughs) And that's, that's quite a big mentality shift as well. I mean, I, I started in web development. So the idea of getting paid without actually creating an end product that someone's going to take away, it, I think that is quite a, a shift
0: it is. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, there was definitely a part of me that was like, how can I charge money for this? They don't have something tangible at the end yeah. of our time. Right. So how, <laughs> how, how do I price that? Um, but I, then I also saw the results of, you know, them taking action on the advice that I gave them and they were making a lot more money. So I was like, okay. Well, there is definitely value there. So that kind of, it, it is something that I think once you start doing it, you realize the value, but beforehand, it's a little bit hard to, to realize. Um, so that was kind of one of the first things that happened. Um, and then also I, I knew that I want to move into more of that, that space. I knew I could do more products and more training, but I was still stuck definitely in the hours for dollars model with my web design. And even though I had other, um, developers and designers I collaborated with, it was still like, I was becoming this bottleneck and this project manager in that space. So we couldn't really grow to that next level that I was looking for. Um, Mm -hmm. so, what I did is I actually went cold Turkey on the web design work. <laughs> so I just wrapped up all of our projects, didn't take anything else on. And there was about a month or two while well, where I was actually getting married and we were moving from Canada to New York. So there's a lot of other things happening too. Um, but we, we basically, I just like, It was kind of like a little bit of a limbo in my business, but I think Mm. that was a really healthy thing to do um, because it gave me the headspace to like kind of reposition and kind of like, okay, now I know exactly what I'm going to do. These are the products I'm going to create. Um, And then I was able to kind of launch things and and do really well with that.
1: Yeah, I think getting out of that trap, like you say, the the time for dollars, it's so difficult to do because so often you're so buried in the day-to-day that just pulling yourself out of that is, is a mammoth effort in and of itself.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you're, (laughs) it's kind of like you wanted to have the time to work on, let's say a product or something that's a little bit more scalable, but then you're so busy serving your clients that it's hard to carve out that time to work on your own business, which is actually going to help more people potentially, but it can be a bit of a tricky balance there.
1: Obviously, in moving through to consultancy and you know, utilizing what's in your head in terms of experience and knowledge rather than you know, what you can churn out in terms of code and design, at what point did that start moving towards being one-to-many rather than just one-to-one consultancy?
0: Yeah. So I kept uh, consulting for a while. I ended up changing kind of the business model around my consulting. So I ended up making it more of a group program. So, um, I basically like had live in-person retreats, um, and a group of people. And then we had ongoing coaching and kind of consulting in between for a whole nine months. So I ended up doing, um, kind of more of a mastermind model for a while, um, which actually allowed me to work on the products a little bit more because it was so structured. So when I was doing consulting originally, I was taking clients for a month or two at a time. So I had to keep getting clients almost every month. Um, And so I realized, okay, I would rather work with somebody long-term, get them lots more results. And in a way also just kind of bring together a group of women um, who can kind of support each other in that aspect too. So that was kind of happening pretty much while I was building my product side of my business. Um, But also that was a kind of a shift to one to many in a way too, because I was working with more than one person in that program. Um, But yeah, so then when I started doing... at first we had very small $97 info products that were, you know, easy. You could buy them anytime on the website. And then I started to, uh, build a bigger program called launch it in profit, which I ran just once or twice a year. And so once I started doing that, um, that actually fed into the consulting It kind of had like a nice effect of, you know, more people kind of coming in the door in different ways too.
1: And of course, one of the things that you're, you're very widely known for is your 30-day list building challenge where did the first of all the idea for that come from and you know how did that evolve over time
0: Yeah. So the 30-day list building challenge um, kind of came out because I had been doing launches. I had been doing a bunch of things. And I realized that I had about a month or two in the summer where I didn't have any launches planned. I didn't have any products coming out. And I just wanted to do something to kind of give back to my community. And I also knew that one of the ways I could grow my business was to build my list more. So it was actually a challenge to myself originally where I was like, okay, I'm going to double my list. I had 15,000 people on my list at the time in 2013. And I was like, okay, I'm going to double it to 30 in 30 days. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Um, So I kind of issued this challenge to myself and um, it was going to, you know, I kind of said, you know, maybe if you want to join, I'll tell you what I'm doing as I'm doing it. And I'll tell you the results that I'm getting. That was the original premise of it. And I totally did not get to 30,000 in 30 days. I think I got an extra 3000 subscribers during that time, but I didn't Mm. realize, how much extra work running the challenge and sending updates and stuff was taking other, away from the other activities I was planning to do. Yeah, um, yeah. so, so that was kind of a funny thing that ended up happening, but the really cool thing that came out of it is people were saying, Oh, I, I want to do this again with you, but I want an email a day and I want maybe a video a day and I want it really broken down into steps. And so the first time I did it, I didn't have steps. I was just like, okay, I'm going to guest post. I'm going to do a webinar. I'm going to see what happens. Um, so I decided, okay, I can, probably create a curriculum of like what I would do if I were starting over. And that's what I did. And we, we shot all these videos, we edited everything and put it together. And uh, it just kind of took on a life of its own. (laughs) So people started sharing it. Um, it, it, We started a Facebook group for it before Facebook groups were kind of a thing (laughs) for Mm, for these kinds of things. Um, And so it really kind of drew people in and then we did it live again. Um, and we got, you know, so many people and I think, you know, by, I think it was about a year after the first time I ran the challenge, I did get to 30,000. So it it took longer, but I think the challenge was a big part. Yeah. A big part of how how part of that happened
1: <laughs> yeah i mean, we we d- did a similar thing in the build-up to the launch of the member site academy inspired by the 30-day list building challenge and without doubt we underestimated the actual work required for the challenge itself um because we we were i think we i've said we this was callie's baby so mm-hmm. she she did i think 10 days pre-written in yeah. advance with the the um intention of creating the other days as we go along so you know we've got a 10 day head start and it just yeah turned into a total behemoth um and it was great but yeah i think if we were doing it again we'd probably give ourselves a few months beforehand just to get the the material put together
0: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy because you're like, oh, it's not that bad. I just whip something yeah. up, but no, it's, <laughs> it's a whole thing. And then there's also the little details, right? So if you have to schedule the emails or you have to upload a file that goes with that day, make sure the link works or, you know, all those things, there's just so many yeah. little details.
1: And I'd imagine it's something that if you were purely just doing it from a, oh, let's just get something out there. Uh, I know we tend to be perfectionists with this stuff rather than, yeah, let's just get it out there, make sure it's good enough and, and be done. So even if you're setting out to make it you know, relatively simple, I think I was turned into, yeah, we had worksheets, we had free videos for it. Obviously you guys have videos as well. No matter how simple you think you might be, if you're the sort of person who really cares about putting quality out there then yeah it can turn into a, a bit of a beast
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you bring up is really important because you can kind of whip something together and still get results for people. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think one of the things people love about the challenge is that it feels like a paid course, but it's free. So I think, you know, it's probably the same with your challenge. Like when you can put something together that's such high value, that's when you get that sharing effect because people are like, wow, like this is better than some of the paid courses I've taken on list building and it was free. So (laughs) why wouldn't I share about it? Right.
1: And the cool thing is that that now sits as a course within our our paid membership as well. So, you know, when you create something that, like you said, is is of a standard of what other people are charging for, one of our clients has pretty much built their entire business on that premise. Look at what other people are charging for, give that away for free and make my premium content twice as good. Um, And that's, you know, that's propelled his business. So
0: Absolutely
1: so did the 30 day list building challenge did that lead into the creation of access ally which is your your membership plugin because a lot of the the, looking through the the screenshots and looking through the features from the software obviously the 30 day challenge features in there and and i think that's kind of shown as part of the story of how it came about. Did that lead directly into that? Or was that just a culmination of producing courses, launching and realizing that they were just gaps not being met by other software in the market?
0: Yeah, it was actually definitely because of the thirty day challenge. So, before that, we were using just another Infusionsoft membership plugin for WordPress, and and,
1: and Infusionsoft's a bit of a nightmare for, or was previously a bit of a nightmare when it came to actually making it work with WordPress.
0: Yes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we made it work, and it was it was okay. Uh, but what ended up happening is most people who have membership sites, uh, you know, they don't have tens of thousands of members logging in every day for 30 days. (laughs) So the our site really started to slow down crazy fast, just because the way the plugin was like, it was basically checking Infusionsoft on each page load. And so it was just, way slow and we just realized okay this is clearly not the best solution. I don't think anybody had really used it for a free course in this way or on the scale mm-hmm. before. Um so we realized okay like we need to come up with something. So we we built Access Ally and we actually used it for a year, a year and a half before we even planned to release it, just because <laughs> it was mostly just so, you know, we weren't hurting on this other platform, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So we we used that and we've kind of built it internally and um it actually building Access Ally taught us a lot about how we would rather do things. So with the 30-day challenge, we have to apply a different tag every single day to unlock the next day's video. Um, and we realized like that's 30 different tags to, to create infusion yeah. Infusionsoft and to tag each page in in, in uh, a WordPress page. right? So what we did is inside of Access Ally, we have um, a little wizard that actually walks you through that. So you, you can basically say, okay, I'm going to have 30 pages. It's going to automatically create all the tags in Infusionsoft for you, apply them to the right pages. And it kind of just takes all of the manual work that we, we had to do the hard way the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. And so now it's made it so much easier for when we do have new courses or new time release kind of sequences that are still kind of Infusionsoft-based or entreport based now. Um, it's just so much easier. So a lot of it, it really kind of came out of our own, like scratching our own itch in that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the things um, that stands out about the, the software to me is you also take care of a lot of the the design and the core layouts that you'll actually need within your membership area and within your course area, which is something that pretty much no other membership plugin actually does as a feature.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about is kind of having that user experience design You know, it doesn't have to be built into the plugin, but the way that we do it is we offer different themes to choose from that are customizable on WordPress. So, you know, you can still have your own logo and change colors and make it really fit your brand. But at least the experience for the end user is more intuitive, which I think can can be a bit difficult for membership sites, especially if you're not not used to building membership sites or, um, you know, maybe you're the way that you think about your membership course in your mind is a very specific way, but then for the end user, it might not be as intuitive as it is for you. So I think it's important to kind of invest in that design and that user experience side of things. And it's something that we've done. And that I think a lot of people kept asking when they were seeing Access Ally for the 3 Day challenge, you know, yeah. what are you using? What are you using? And part of it is, you know, the plugin under the hood, at the time, didn't do that that much. Um, but it was the design and the user experience that people really were looking for. And so, you know, we've got a plugin coming out Um, hopefully by the end of the year, which is going to be called Progress Ally, which does a lot of the cool uh, gamification and checklists and quizzes and all kinds of things that kind of sit on top of Access Ally. So I think that that's the kind of extra mile or like raising the bar that we can do inside our members areas that really make a big difference for people.
1: Awesome. I mean, we probably get that question more than anything else within our own site. What tools are you using? How can we get our site looking like this? And for us, we have to turn around and say, well, sorry, it's all totally custom designed. So (laughs) you you can't, you can't. (laughs) And uh, that gap between getting your software installed and configured and actually then being able to take care of the user interface side of things is such a gulf for actual people trying to do this all themselves because. I think the only real solutions you can find in terms of membership themes, the majority of them, you know, if you go to a theme marketplace like ThemeForest or so on, they're all very self-contained where, you know, you maybe it's set up to be a clone of Udemy or something like that. And there's not really much that someone trying to do this all themselves can do on that front with most of the software that's available.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, different people might want to have different aspects in their membership site. Like maybe, you know, I know for us, what what was really important is to give people a way to update their credit cards and to run a payment on a payment plan themselves or change their membership levels and that kind of thing. And those are the kind of like little tweaks that, Um, you know, most templates probably don't have a page for that, right? Or they probably don't have that in a nice, easy to find location. So those are the kinds of little touch points that make a really big difference because if somebody's searching for those features in your membership site and then they have to contact you, that kind of defeats the purpose of having those there, right? So the more intuitive you can make it, the better.
1: And I think that's the thing. The majority of membership plugins, I think for 90% of what they do, most plugins on the market are identical. It's that 10% in terms of the little considerations from a UI point of view, you know, the nice little features that make experience and uh, the management of someone's subscription and their their involvement with your site just a little bit better, just a little bit more intuitive. That can really, for me, be the difference between just a bog standard, run-of-the-mill, underwhelming membership experience and something that actually can knock your socks off.
0: I totally agree and actually one of the things that is it's starting to become more more common now but that we kind of started with access ally was you know having both free content and paid content inside your members area. Um, Mm. there's a great book called the membership economy and, um, it talks about kind of that logged in experience. So we kind of want to get more people inside our members areas, as opposed to our blogs and our public sites, because, you know, when you log into Facebook, you know, you're in the Facebook environment. When you log into, um, you know, Google or whatever, you know, you're in this safe space and you kind of want to create that same experience for people on your membership site. And, um, we found that there's a lot of kind of cross selling that can happen between somebody opting in and kind of joining your membership site for free content and then also upgrading to your paid content or other things that you might have. So I think, like you said, those are the little things that make that kind of go the extra mile.
1: Definitely. I think one of the things that we see coming up a lot when it comes to the community side of things is should you have a Facebook group or, you know, an on site community? And what you're saying there about having that free aspect of your membership site and kind of getting people into your ecosystem. You know that can be a way of getting some of the benefits that you might see in running a Facebook group for your membership in that you're giving people a reason to come to your site and to stick around and be there rather than it just being somewhere they go to, to access their paid content.
0: Exactly. And, and that's the thing, like what happens for most of us when we purchase a paid course is, you know, we forget where it is or we don't yeah. log in very often. And then we're like, Oh yeah, I remember I bought that that one time. So <laughs> the more we can make it kind of a habit or, or something that, you know, people actually seek out and go to more often, I think it makes it a world of difference. And then it just increases the chances of people actually consuming and finishing and getting results from the courses and, and membership stuff you create. So I think it's really important.
1: Absolutely. So what would you say, I know there's obviously some of the features of Access Ally kind of cater towards making sure that your students, your members are actually engaging with your courses. They're actually using what they're, they're paying for and working towards results. What would you say are your your top tips from seeing other membership sites and other online courses utilizing your software as well as having your own courses for making sure that members and students engage with your content that perhaps our listeners can take on board and try to implement into their own sites.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we're really keen on is um, getting people to actually check things off when they're done. Um, so there's different, you know, different tools to do that. So Iris's is Progress Ally, which kind of sits on top of Access Ally right now. Um, but basically how it works is you can have little checklists for the different modules or different kind of pieces of content in your members area. And um, the other thing that we also have are kind of like the video checklist. So if you have, say, like a, an hour long training video, people might kind of, you know, maybe there's a a part they want to revisit in that video, or maybe there's something that they haven't finished yet. So they'll keep that part unchecked. Um, But in that video bookmark checklist, they can basically check things off as they go through. But then if they ever need to come back, they just click on it and the video will start playing at that same spot. Um, So to us, that's like a huge time saver if you've got longer videos to actually, you know, (laughs) consume the content and remember how to find things later. Uh, But then also from there, if you're actually checking things off, um, there's ways to unlock the next module once you've finished a module. So to me, that's kind of that gamification, you know, you're getting rewarded for finishing something. Um, but then the reverse is also true. If somebody hasn't checked off anything, say for a week or two, depending on how, how dense your content is, you can send them an email that says, Hey, it looks like you haven't logged into the site for a while, or, you know, you haven't made too much progress on this video. Is there anything we can help you with? Or or, you know, something to kind of motivate them to go back in. Because I, you know, I think we're just all human and very busy. <laughs> so we might not yeah. <laughs> all get to all the content that we sign up for. Uh, but having that check-in point where you you have a system that emails, like for, for us, you know, Infusionsoft and Andreport can handle that. Um, if, if somebody has not checked something off for a while, you can actually have that automated email check in on them.
1: That's cool. And I think, yeah, it's about realizing that actually you're competing with a lot of things for the attention of your members and the attention of your students, no matter how well intentioned they were when they actually signed up for your course. And as you've said before, you kind of, you'll sign up for a course, be raring to go and then forget where you put the logins and all that sort of stuff. So anything you can do to nudge people back on course and back on track, even if you're running a membership site that isn't course based, perhaps it's all community based, having something in place, that kind of nudges people back in your direction and almost yeah tells them what they should be doing and provides a bit of a pathway for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that we found that works really well is to have an auto login link. Um, Just because we've noticed that sometimes people are on their phones or they're uh, maybe on an iPad or, or something else where they're on the go and they maybe they have their password saved in on their computer (laughs) but they you know they don't want to copy and paste something and you know it's very complicated when you're on mobile so the more you can make it just easy to get back into your members area the better um so we found that people love that that feature too
1: that's awesome just totally shifting gears a little bit there obviously you mentioned before that you brought your husband into uh, the business and he's a accomplished programmer himself now Coming from another dynamic duo kind of setup where to myself and Callie, obviously partners working on the business together. What sort of challenges have you found with that? What sort of benefits and how did that shift the dynamic of your relationship and the dynamic of the business?
0: Yeah, I love that you guys are partners in crime in a similar That's way. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely changed things. Um, and actually, Robin was very resistant to join the company because mm-hmm. he had his own identity and his own, you know, career. And you know, I had been doing the entrepreneurship thing for a number of years when he joined. So it was kind of my business at the time. Um, and now, you know, with Ambition Ally, we're both co-founders, and kind of it feels a lot more. We're on that same level, which I think is yeah. really good. Um, and, and also I think when he joined, he just didn't really know what his role would be. He was like, well, what am I going to be doing exactly? <laughs> and we didn't <laughs> actually know, um, in those first early days, cause we had never released software yet at that time. Um, so yeah, there was definitely a lot of figuring things out. And I will say that we, you know, we, we learned that we have very different communication styles. So he is actually, Awesome at like leading a team meeting, at kind of being in charge of certain things, and I kind of would rather listen or you know like kind of be more intuitive about certain things. Um, so it's it's been interesting to learn how we both communicate, and we did have some kind of snafus in the early days uh, when we were getting used to how we both were kind of we're both pretty type A and driven people. So. Yeah. Sometimes we would tell each other what to do and we get mad at each other <laughs> and be like, what? Why are you telling me what to do? Um, so we realized that we have this great rule now, which is the because rule. So if we tell somebody what to do, we basically say, you know, Hey, you know, would you mind um, checking this thing out or fixing this or, uh, you know, helping with this because, and then if you give the reason, it kind of softens the command a little yeah. bit yeah. and it makes it like so much easier to actually communicate and and, uh-huh. you know, get things done.
1: I think I'm going to steal that one, actually. It's a
0: good one. <laughs> yeah, <to be laughs> I recommend <cultural>. it.
1: <laughs> That's brilliant. So what I, I want to do, because obviously we talked about you being a bit of a triple threat. You've done list building, entrepreneurship, um, launching and all that sort of stuff. So we've got the expertise there. Membership platform, startup business as well. So you've got that going on. And obviously you run your own training courses too. So can I get uh, a top tip? <laughs> for uh, we'll try and do this if this is a disaster i'm just going to cut it because <laughs> cool. i'm working on the fly here so first of all can I get a tip for um some just one thing somebody can do to build their email list
0: Yes. Okay. So one thing I would definitely recommend if you don't have it yet is to install a pop-up on your website, just because, you know, most of the people who land on your website will probably not come back. So if you can capture them before they leave, and I I really recommend the exit intent pop-up, it's kind of the most polite way to go. Um, Pop-up Ally Pro has that feature. So it basically, when it looks like somebody is about to leave your website, you can show a pop-up. So you're not going to interrupt their reading or their flow. Um, And that really, like it's been shown. To increase opt-in rates, you know, by two hundred to three hundred percent. So I think that's kind of a no-brainer, really easy thing to do to build your your list faster. And we've had people who've used Papa Ballet Pro who are like, I went from zero to seven thousand opt-ins in a year. So thanks. and I'm just like, wow. Okay, that's that's well, wonderful. So
1: pop-ups was one of those those funny things that are vilified by a lot of people, yes. but work.
0: Yes, yes.
1: They definitely work. And we use them ourselves and we use them with clients as well. And they work like gangbusters. So it's one of those odd kind of juxtapositions because you seem to hear a lot of people complaining about them and they tend to be people in the industry. But then, yeah, they're fantastic for actually conversions.
0: They really are. And, you know, you don't have to um, use one that's like janky or that doesn't match your brand. You can actually design something that will feel part of the user experience that you want with your website. So you can also do um, one of the the ones I like doing is kind of a, a two question, you know, like a, a mini survey that we call. So it yeah. could be like, you know, do you want this free ebook? Yes or no? Or you know, that's a very simple way to put it. But basically what that does is it, it gives people that option to say no, if they don't want to. And then with pop-up Ally pro, you don't have to show the pop-up again if they say no. Um, yeah. and that, that can kind of reduce that annoyance level, but you're also kind of being polite. Cause you're like, do you want this free thing? <laughs> if so, then we'll show you the pop-up to actually opt in. So that also works really well.
1: And you're also getting that little psychological nudge as well, because you're, you're not just giving people the option to not say yes, Right. someone actually says, no, I don't want this. And you see it on a lot of sites, you know, no, I don't want to make $10,000. <laughs> <Yeah>. And you <laughs> have to actually accept the fact that you're clicking and making that statement.
0: Right. So. <laughs> totally. It makes you makes you think before you say no, right? Which is, I Definitely. think is really powerful.
1: Definitely. So switching hats now and putting on your digital trainer hat, what would be your one top tip for anybody who's at that beginning stage of actually planning out a, an online course, whether as a standalone product or as part of a membership site?
0: Yeah, um, my one of my favorite books about this whole topic is called Making Learning Whole. Um, and just the way that you could for yourself, shortcut the time it'll take you to create the course, but also for the end user to actually grasp the concepts is to start with an overview of what you're going to cover and kind of, um, like, let's say if you were teaching somebody, baseball, you would not explain each of the rules one by one. You would just say, okay, somebody will hit the ball here and this person will run. And you kind of give them an overview of the game. And then once they understand the big picture, you can go into those little details about everything else that you're going to be teaching later on in the course. So that has been you know, what, once we started implementing that in our courses, people have told us like, wow, yes, now I finally see the big picture. I can actually start to take action. And then if they have questions, those will usually be Answered in the rest of the course, so you can't cover yeah. everything in your first module, but at least yeah. give them that overview, and that makes a big difference.
1: Cool. So that was making learning whole. That's a great recommendation. I'll be checking that one out definitely. I think part of the part of the, not so much a problem, but what you do see a lot is you know because creating a course can be such a mammoth task, it's easy to lose sight of why you're doing it and what end result you're trying to help people achieve, and it almost becomes a you know, we kind of just need to get this done because this is a topic that needs to be covered.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, you can, there's no end in sight, right? (laughs) Because there's probably more that you can share about the topic than you could probably fit in a course. So it it becomes hard to also have like your boundaries around what you're actually going to teach and what could be a different course or what could be a bonus or what could be something kind of outside of that. So yeah, I think it's really helpful to kind of set that up ahead of time as well.
1: Definitely. I mean, we, we really struggled in the months before putting together the member site academy simply because it's just such a huge topic. And, you know, it started out with, you know, how would we make one big ever course that teaches all of this? And of course you can't. And then you get all the techie stuff and coming from, you know, programming background myself, that temptation to try and cover every single possible thing under the sun under just one little course it's uh, it takes a little bit of shaking to not do that and to remember that actually yeah if, if you're creating a 40 module course on how to uh, how to install wordpress then maybe
0: you've gone a little bit too far <laughs> totally and the people who are going to be signing up for that are going to be super overwhelmed so i don't think it's necessarily in the benefit of them either so i totally I totally agree
1: <laughs> cool. so third and final hat now as a a a I don't know what saying, developer
0: producer yeah, I don't creator. do a whole lot of developing but yeah you could say um I guess software software engineer kind of works magnet <laughs> yeah. we use magnet <laughs> there you go yeah
1: <laughs> as membership software magnet for somebody who is just trying to figure out what membership platform to use and obviously we know that you have access ally uh, but what would you kind of say to help people figure out what solution is actually right for them
0: Yeah, I I love recommending just simple, simple in the beginning. So um, sometimes for some of my clients, depending on where they're at in their business, I will just say a WordPress password protected page is good enough. (laughs) So depending on where you're at, right? Like if it could also just be purely email delivered, you know, just, it really depends where you're at and how technical you are. Um, So that's what I'm saying is, is kind of, you know, it doesn't matter what tool you use, as long as you're not kind of diving too deep (laughs) that where you can't handle it. Um, so the very first time that you launch a course or a program, you probably don't have a whole lot of money to invest. So that's why I'm saying like, it's okay to just do a very, very simple password protected page. You know, it's not, it's not fancy. It's not amazing. Uh, but then, you know, you can research and figure out, okay, what are those tools that you want to reinvest in? And there are so many great tools. You guys, you know, cover so many of them in your courses. And I think it comes down to like, what are the things that are the most important to you feature wise and user experience wise? So, you know, wishlist is one of those ones where everybody has kind of heard about it and used it. And, um, and, you know, I still recommend it. I think it's, you know, there's great ways to, to kind of get started, but also to realize you might not be on that platform forever. And your needs will evolve. So it's okay to, you know, use something for a while, whether that's just pure email or a very simple page. And then you kind of upgrade to that next level as you realize, okay, this is where I want to go and and kind of build my next version of my membership site.
1: Yeah, and I think with mentioning wishlists, there certainly one of the big things that works in the favor of wishlists is integrations. I think right. for the longest time they were perhaps the 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 most widely integrated software, but now that that's changing quite a lot. I think the playing fields, evening out a bit, and uh, obviously for for you guys with Access Ally, the fact that. You integrate with Infusionsoft puts you in a very, very small field to begin with. And you now integrate with entrepot as well.
0: Yes, exactly. So, and we kind of did that mostly because we built it for ourselves first. So that's kind of how that got created. Um, And then we added Entreport because that was the next thing that people kept asking. But also because the way that it's built, like the features and the kind of tag-based stuff, we need some sort of CRM in the back end, some sort of contact management system where we can have all that information to pull from to show different stuff to different people. Um, but yeah, I think eventually, you know, we're, we're definitely working on ways to make kind of the cool parts of XSLI work um, with different membership plugins and different platforms so that you don't have to use Infusionsoft and Entreport and you can kind of get some of the benefits of what we've built.
1: That's cool. And I think as well, a lot of it's going to be what other technology is doing, because now you know, for the longest time, Infusionsoft was pretty much it in terms of access, you know, in terms of that sort of CRM that was accessible for Joe blogs off the street if they can get past the financial barriers to entry. Right. Then Entreport or Office Autopilot came along. But now you've got the likes of Active Campaign, which is, yeah. is gathering steam extremely fast. You've got ConvertKit. Uh, MailChimp have started kind of doing their own stuff with... um more on the automation side of things. And so you have a lot more marketing automation oriented CRM oriented systems coming up. So that must be quite exciting for you guys in terms of, you know, if we look one year ahead, how many other systems there may be for you guys to actually roll out and implement with.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, that is one of the big kind of problems or things that we're always going to need help or software or, or kind of like the, the, the magic tape for is integration. <laughs> so yeah. I think that that's kind of the, the missing piece for so many things. And the the part that kind of messes people up too, like they want everything to be seamless, but so many tools don't always work well together, or at least not as well as they could. Um, yeah. So for us, that's that's really important. That's why when we say that we're compatible with Entreport and Infusionsoft, it's because you can do every single thing that you could imagine with yeah. those platforms. And yeah, and
1: it's not just it's not just a little add on that has been created to to wire in you know a threadbare kind of integration. It's fully designed.
0: Exactly. F- yeah. And so exactly. So when you Active Campaign and ConvertKit and all these new, th- new tools, I think, um, I do think that automation is just going to keep getting hotter <laughs> and more Definitely. awesome. So I, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a very exciting time.
1: Absolutely. And for membership site owners, that just allows you to do so many things. So what we were talking about in terms of those little nudges and those little reminders to get people back and engage with your content, you know, get into a space where membership site owners can kind of just have that in their toolkit from day one is yeah pretty cool pretty
0: i agree cool. it is
1: <laughs> so what do you do you think the future holds not just for access ally but for ambition ally and your whole family of, of plugins and software are there any other itches you're looking to scratch in terms of bringing new solutions to market or is it more about building out the uh, the solutions you're already offering
0: yeah, we have two more plugins that we know for sure are on a roadmap. So one of them I kind of hinted at, which is Progress Ally. And so that one we want to make available for any platform, um, obviously running on WordPress. And so that's that's kind of the next one coming out. But then after that, we have Launch Ally, which we've been using internally, but it's just not ready for, <laughs> for the public. And that's kind <laughs> of how we've been building our tools is if we can use it, we break it, we, we make it better, yeah. then, you know, we can release it. Um, and, but that's going to be kind of more of a full-fledged like if you want to do live launch or an evergreen launch with special offers and timing and webinars and all kinds of things all built into it that's kind of the um the the big one that i'm kind of seeing that's going to be applicable no matter whether you're using infusion software active campaign or anything else so that's the one that i'm really excited about and um yeah so that's that's kind of coming up on the horizon
1: (laughs) very very cool natalie it's been really really great having you on the podcast uh Thank you so much for all of your time and uh, for obviously your tips and your insight and uh, yeah, for spending that little bit of time with me for our listeners. Hopefully we'll get to speak to you again sometime in the future. Once you've got launch ally and webinar allies, we haven't actually mentioned webinar ally, have we?
0: No, we haven't, but that's okay. People can find it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. We've got webinar ally, progress ally. We're definitely very, very excited about because Cali um, in particular is putting together a course now on LMS plugins and, and solutions for, you know, obviously, running your courses bringing in gamification uh, elements as well so she's very excited about that so um, yeah lots of great stuff to come
0: awesome well thank you so much for having me on this was great i loved the, everything we talked about
1: <laughs> great excellent thank you so much again and uh hopefully we'll speak to you again soon Thanks again to Natalie for taking the time to speak to me for the Membership Guys podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. We're going to be bringing you some more interviews from online marketing experts, membership platform developers and also membership site owners over the coming weeks and months. And uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. If you give us a shout on Twitter at MembershipGuys, let us know what you thought of the show. And of course, check out the membershipguys.com. There'll be show notes for this podcast where we have all the links on how you can find out more about Natalie, about Access Ally, Webinar Ally and uh, the various different systems that she has. Or you can go to Ambition Allies, that's ambitionally.com to get the full lowdown on what Natalie brings to the table in terms of her plugins and membership software. Thanks again for checking out the show. Thanks again to Natalie. We'll be back very soon with another episode of the Membership Guys podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd like to invite you to download our free Membership Success Toolkit. Simply go to www.themembershipguys.com forward slash toolkit to download it today and you'll get access to our Membership Site Plugin Comparison Chart our membership site planning guide, and access to our private Facebook mastermind group, which has numerous membership site experts and owners sharing advice and discussing all things membership sites around the clock. So that's www.themembershipguys.com toolkit to download your free resources today.